Chapter thirty eight of Lost Man's Lane by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A few words. Never have keener or more conflicting emotions been awakened in my breast than by these simple words. But alive to the necessity of hiding my feelings from those about me, I gave no token of my surprise but rather turned a stonier face than common upon the man who had caused it. Refuge? I repeated. He is there, then, of his own free will? Or yours? I sarcastically added, not being able to quite keep down this reproach, as I remembered the deception practised upon Lucetta. Mr. Ostrander, madam, has been spending the week with Deacon Spear, they are old friends you know that he should spend it quietly and to a degree in hiding was as much his plan as mine for while he found it impossible to leave lucetta in the doubtful position in which she and her family at present stand he did not wish to aggravate her misery by the thought that he was thus jeopardizing the position on which all his hopes of future advancement depended he preferred to watch and wait in secret seeing which i did what i could to further his wishes his usual lodging was with the family but when the search was instituted i suggested that he should remove himself to that eyrie back of the hay where you were sharp enough to detect him to-day don't attempt any of your flatteries upon me i protested they will not make me forget that i have not been treated fairly and lucetta oh may i not tell lucetta and spoil our entire prospect of solving this mystery no madam you may not tell lucetta when fate has put such a card into our hands as i played with that telegram to-day we would be flying in the face of providence not to profit by it lucetta's despair makes her bold upon that boldness we depend to discover and bring to justice a great criminal i felt myself turn pale for that very reason perhaps i assumed a still sterner air and composedly said if mr ostrander is in hiding at the deacon's and he and his host are both in your confidence then the only man whom you can designate in your thoughts by this dreadful title must be mr trome i had perhaps hoped he would recoil at this or give some other evidence of his amazement at an assumption which to me seemed preposterous but he did not and i saw with what feelings may be imagined that this conclusion which was half bravado with me had been accepted by him long enough for no emotion to follow its utterance oh i exclaimed how can you reconcile such a suspicion with the attitude you have always preserved towards mr trome madam said he do not criticise my attitude without taking into account existing appearances they are undoubtedly in mr trome's favour i am glad to hear you say so said i i am glad to hear you say so 
why it was in response to his appeal that you came to x at all mr gryce's smile conveyed a reproach which i could not but acknowledge i amply merited had he spent evening after evening at my house entertaining me with tales of the devices and the many inconsistencies of criminals to be met now by such a puerile disclaimer as this but beyond that smile he said nothing on the contrary he continued as if i had not spoken at all but appearances he declared will not stand before the insight of a girl like lucetta she has marked the man as guilty and we will give her the opportunity of proving the correctness of her instinct but mr trome's house has been searched and you have found nothing nothing i argued somewhat feebly that is the reason we find ourselves forced to yield our judgment to lucetta's intuitions was his quick reply and smiling upon me with his blandest air he obligingly added miss butterworth is a woman of too much character not to abide the event with all her accustomed composure and with this final suggestion i was as yet too crushed to resent he dismissed me to an afternoon of unparalleled suspense and many contradictory emotions End of chapter thirty eight